gate, and Peter answers the door, and, and uh, Peter's talking to him, and Peter says to him, uh, hey, uh, you got any memorable experiences from Earth that you want to share with me? And, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I got one. He says, um, I saw this group of bikers, and they were, uh, you know, abusing this girl, and they were being real mean to her, so I stepped in there, and I, and I said, uh, I said, you guys are going to leave this girl alone, and I went up to the biggest one, and I ripped his earring out. And I said, if you touch her again, I'm going to kill every single one of you. And Peter's like, wow, that's pretty good. When did that happen? He goes, not about two minutes ago. <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. It's not mine, so. All right, let's pray over this. We're going to continue our study in First uh, Corinthians. So, Father, uh, we thank you that for your word, Lord, without your word, we'd be completely lost. Um, without your way that you made for us through Jesus, we'd be completely lost. And without your Holy Spirit inside of us, guiding us, giving us wisdom, we'd be completely lost. But we have you. We have your word. We have Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit. So we're not lost. And so, Lord, we pray that you take this time as a sacrifice to you. We could be other places, but we're here because we want to learn from you. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each heart. That you give us all a solid takeaway from today, Lord. That we could just be changed and transformed into the likeness of your Son. That we'd be better sons and better daughters, Lord. That our belief systems would change, Lord that our worldviews would change and that you could work with that. And Lord, if there's anything that we need to be repentant of or that anything that we need to just get rid of, Lord, help us to be honest about it and do it and then walk with you, Lord. And we thank you that you're always so willing to hear us on that and that you're so willing to extend forgiveness. So we thank you for that, Lord, and we pray that you just open our minds and our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so a little review from last week. We were in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, Jared started off with that. Uh, he went. Actually, he actually went back to Acts chapter 18, and he showed us how uh, how the church actually in Corinth started. And, and uh, does anybody know where Corinth is? You know what what country Corinth is in? Corinthia. Anybody know what that is? Really? I thought you guys were all going to be blasting me. It's in Greece. <laughs> you got to know that. Um, so we went over that last week. What happened was Paul would go to the synagogues. Every time he went somewhere, he'd go to the synagogues and he'd start to teach. And he would kind of see how it went, and then he would build a church. Well, he was in this particular synagogue in Corinth, and they basically told him to get lost. They said, you're a blasphemer, and they persecuted him. And Paul shook his robes off, which is a sign of, uh, he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. And, that, you know, they knew what that meant, that he was, he was getting rid of them completely. And he went, he went uh, pretty far away. He went next door. <laughs> and started a church at this guy's house right next door. And I thought that was really funny that, uh, you know, he says, okay, I'm out of here, and he just went next door. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So he, so he started a church with, um, with Titus Justice's house, and that's the church in Corinth. That's how it started. And it was, um, Jared shared that it was, it, the church roots in Corinth started from a few things. One was passion for sharing. Um, they had a passion for sharing not only the word, but they had shared each other's possessions and stuff like that. Uh, that it started at a most likely con- un- unlikely convert's house. And that's, isn't that kind of cool that God uses unlikely people like me and like you and, well, maybe not like you so much, but like me to, to bring the word. And, uh, and then it, there was an encouragement that, uh, that God actually spoke to Paul, which is pretty cool. Um, he spoke to Paul in a dream, and he said, um, he said to him, he said, uh, do not be afraid. This is in uh, Acts 18, verse 9. He said, do not be afraid. But speak and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you or hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And I thought that was pretty cool that, that um, 
God would speak to him a dream and encourage him. And, and I think we, could, we should look for that in our lives, too. We should look for the way that God speaks to us. You know, he speaks to us through his word. He'll speak to us through our brother in Christ. I mean, you could just spend some quiet time and you'll hear his voice. You know, Rick was sharing with me this morning that the Lord, you know, downloaded on him this week. Was that Tuesday, Rick? Tuesday, the Lord just downloaded on him and said, hey, this is what I want you to do, and this is where you're going to go, and this is what you're going to do, and that's all he needs. That's all Rick needs, and Rick's off and running now. It's going. He's doing it. And that's what, that's what we all need. We all need a word from the Lord. And, that's, and I thought that was cool that Paul had that happen, and it's recorded for us in the book of Acts. And that's how, the, I mean, that's how Corinthians started. So, and then Jared talked about our roots. Uh, as C.C. Noggy started about five and a half years ago, basically in his living room, we just get together and pray and, um, you know, looking for direction from the Lord on where to go. And we ended up renting the, uh, the uh, what was that, the Moose Lodge? Yeah, the Moose Lodge. Yeah. Elks, Elks, that's right, thank you. Because it had a big moose on the wall or elk, I don't know what that thing was. It was a big old, <laughs> big old, I got a picture of Julie standing in front of it. Uh, I'll have to bring it in sometime. But uh, we started there and, and it was kind of, it was funky. I mean, it was funky. They opened a bar at like 9 o'clock. We started church at like 10, so you could hear them clanking around down there and stuff. And it was just funky. And, and, uh, but it was good. You know, we started, and some people got saved, and different people came to church, and uh, it was really good. Uh, it, and it was a small, very small beginning, and it was difficult for Jared and Julie as they plowed through, you know, what God had called them to do. And then, you know, all hell broke loose on them. I mean, Satan just attacked them every single way that he could. And, um, and, it, and it was a rough time for them. So he talked about the encouragement that Jared received from encouragement through a word that somebody had from on the East Coast. A family member called him and had an encouragement and said, you know, you just keep your hand to the plow. And I thought that's really, that's really what we're looking for, those little encouragements. But then when we get them, you know, we need to hang on to them, you know. Hang on to those encouragements. Hang on to those words. Believe through the tough times and just keep moving forward. And here we are five and a half years later. You know, we're growing at a, kind of a steadier pace now and more people are getting set free. And it's just great. It's just great to see God move like that. Um, so, our, but we really started with prayer and with the Word, and we're kind of we're being faithful as as much faithful as we can to those two concepts. Is basically we teach the Word out of the Bible, and then when, you know when the Lord interrupts us, sometimes we'll just jump to something else. The Lord will interrupt and bring a certain topic in, but for the most part, we'll stay. Right, we'll probably go all the way for, through First Corinthians and then probably Second Corinthians, and you know we'll just keep moving forward. So. Uh, I just thought that was good, that was good that he did that he did that review for us. Also, in um, in the first chapter, uh, Paul addresses uh, the church in Corinthian as saints, and and I, and I love that. I love being called a saint, and I can't get over that. I, I probably every time I come up here, I say the same thing. But uh, we're saints. You know, God looks at us as saints. We're saved. Those who, those of us who are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ is that we're saved, and we're in. So, you know, we're not sinners trying to be saints, we're saints that sometimes do sin, <clears throat> and we have an advocate with the Father who's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins as we repent. Amen. So, there's, there's a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of um, identity that we need to really soak in through that. And then, uh, in that last part of uh, chapter 1, um, Paul says that uh, when we're, in, we're in, in Christ, we become wisdom from God, and we're the righteousness holiness and we're redeemed in God. And I thought that was, that there's something about righteousness that I just can't get over. I'm just, uh, every time I see that word, like, somehow, I don't know if you can see this, but I made it red on my notes somehow. I don't know how I did it. I was trying to underline it. <laughs> it turned red, and I was like, okay, that's cool. It makes me really see it better. <clears throat> and, and that righteousness is just, 
The righteousness that we have in Christ, that we that we're redeemed, we're made right with God. Jesus fulfilled the law. There's no one else on earth who fulfilled the, the law completely. He's the only one who did it. And we could try today. Say, say we didn't do anything in the past. Say we tried today to fulfill the law. And you just follow the Ten Commandments. We're, we're not going to make it. Eventually, we're going to mess it up. Even, even with, maybe if we get locked up on an island somewhere, even then we'd probably mess it up. But, you know, there's something would, we just think something wrong or whatever. But we don't need to be like that. Jesus did that for us. And so if we believe in the finished work that he has done inside of us already through uh, redemption, then that stuff starts to come out of us kind of naturally. Like, we don't really follow the old ways anymore. We don't want to. They're not, they don't lure us in anymore. We're not stuck like that, you know. But it has to do with changing your mind and, being, and believing that you're righteous, that you're been made right with Christ. Because if you look at, like, say you're, say you're praying and, and um, you know, you don't really want to talk to God because you, you sinned last night. Maybe you did something... I don't know. I don't even want to call out a particular sin because I might hit somebody on the head. But uh, say you, uh, I don't know, you did something bad. Stole a cookie. <laughs> so say you, I got her. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Don't take it personal. So say you stole a cookie. And, you know, you, you're going to go, you're not going to be, you're thinking God's mad at you. If you think God's mad at you the whole time, what's going to draw you to him to say, you know, it's one thing, we have to respect them. You know, we did wrong, you know, let's, let's respect them. Let's say, you know, Lord, I don't want to be like this. It's not part of who I am. You didn't make me like this. You regenerated me. I'm sorry. And then you drop it right there. But we have a tendency to, like, punish ourselves and, you know, hang out away from God for a while and then not get back in fellowship with him. When the whole time he's just sitting there going, come on, come on, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. I want to help you. You know, he's, he's really, really loving. And that's what righteousness does for us. It makes us be able to come in his presence to begin with, because we can't even get anywhere near him if we're not righteous. And then once we're in, we have access to, to everything that we need. So I just can't get over that word uh, righteous. And, and I, would, I, would, uh, I would encourage you, and I'm doing this myself, I would encourage you to go back in some of the Old Testament spots like, um, uh, like Psalm 112 is one of my favorites. Uh, and... Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. It's another one of my real favorites. But if you go back and believe that the law is fulfilled through you, and those, read those scriptures through, you know, like rather than reading them and saying, well, I wish I was like that, or I wish I was like that. But if you, if you own that righteousness and walk back through and read those promises, they become more alive. They become more accessible. And I think that's what we need to have, that type of mindset where we're, you know, just thanking him for the work he's done, putting it in the forefront of our minds, and then going into the scripture with that, with that. So, all that to say, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Jared went, actually, Jared, Jared read the first couple verses. Uh, I think he read the first five verses. So, we're going to start at verse number 6. So, 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 6. I mean, uh, 2, verse 6. I had a heading in my Bible that says... Uh, Spiritual wisdom. Verse 6. So, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's heavy duty. 
But, as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to go into that a little bit towards the end, but we'll come back to that one. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches us, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wow. (laughs) We have the mind of Christ. That's so good. So, we'll talk a little bit about wisdom first. There's, There's basically two kinds of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom, and there's God's wisdom. And I would say that everybody, I pretty much know everybody here, I would say pretty much everybody here has God's wisdom in them. Right? We all have the Spirit. We're all born again. We've all got the Spirit living inside of us, and that's going to give us the godly wisdom. But like, like Mike was saying, Mike was praying earlier, and he said that you know, he likes to share the gospel with people, like, hey, Jesus loves you, and sometimes they give him the hand, you know? <laughs> Talk to the hand, right? So those are the people that are just falling away. They don't understand. It's foolishness to them. They don't get it. And they're not going to get it. Like, we didn't get it at some point in our lives, and then we finally got it. Um, I, I can't actually remember anybody telling me about Jesus, really, when I was younger. Not, not in the sense that, you know, I needed to be born again or anything like that. I didn't really hear that until, like, you know, really later in life when I met my wife, and, and uh, she brought me to church, and <clears throat> I walked in church, and nobody was mad. And I was like, this isn't church. This doesn't make any sense, you know. <laughs> and they... Uh, they uh, had an altar call, and they called. Uh, they said, "Anybody wants to get born again, go up front." And I felt the old elbow. You know, <laughs> I said, "All right, I guess." So I was the only one there who didn't have a suit on, and you know, I had long hair at the time. Not that there's anything wrong with long hair. And I had long hair at the time, and uh, I went up front, and I was kind of, I was kind of embarrassed, you know, because I was the only one really that was different, you know. But it was so real. I knew God was calling me, you know. So I went up front and. Um, and got born again because my wife dragged me to church. Actually, at that point, we weren't even husband and wife, but she got me to go, and, uh, and it's been a great ride ever since. It's been, uh, it's been amazing. So thanks, honey. <laughs> but getting back to wisdom. So, um, so, there's, so there's worldly wisdom. There, there is some wisdom out in the world. I think it's actually God's wisdom, but it's kind of veiled in, um, in a way. And let me explain that. What I mean by that is um, it's kind of like you know, you see a sunset or a sunrise, and it's beautiful, right? It's usually beautiful. Sometimes it's kind of plain. But you see the different colors, and it, it reflects off the clouds and stuff, and it's just beautiful. But in Romans 8, Paul talks about um, the creation being frustra- frustrated and subject to frustration. So this, this is actually a broken creation. It's not supposed to be like this, you know? This is just part of it. But, but the thing of it is God made it, so there's some glory that's going to come through. And that's what I'm saying about, like, education and stuff like that is there is some wisdom that God made intellect, and he made design. And 
there's some of that wisdom is still going to come through. Some of that glory is still going to come through, even though they're using it for inglorious purposes, if I can use that word. Does that make sense? So, like education, we know that, I mean, especially in Connecticut, Connecticut is just education big time. You know, you got to go to school for eight years and just, you know, whatever you're doing, you end up working at McDonald's anyways. So, there's no, there's no jobs to go along with our education, but that's a whole other ballgame. Um, another kind of worldly wisdom I was thinking about would be like street smarts, you know, just knowing how to, you know, on and play the game and, uh, you know, kind of get over on people and kind of force your will on the people, uh, just being kind of uh, street smart. And then, uh, you know, there's also the wisdom uh, or maybe lack thereof that we get from growing up in broken homes and, and homes where there's, you know, maybe, maybe our homes were good homes and they still just didn't have the wisdom of God rolling through them. You know, they still had, you know, brokenness and, and arguing and, um, I mean, uh, I think one of the things I learned, maybe not so much from my home, but from being around other people was being a wise guy and, and maybe from my home was more like sarcasm and I got kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know. I got kind of good at that. Uh, I didn't even know what it was. My wife's pointing out to me, that's sarcastic. I'm like, what do you mean? Because I thought it was just kind of normal. That's kind of, I had to unlearn that. I'm still trying to unlearn that. I think I'm getting better. And you can ask her, she'll tell you. Um, you would know. It's my barometer. <laughs> but we get those, uh, you know, like some people just want to argue about, like, everything, you know? It's like, where did you learn that? You know, why do you have to argue about everything, man? Why is, it a big, why is everything a big deal? And it's, uh, you know, we've just kind of grown up in the wrong homes. We were just homeschooled the wrong way. It was just arguing, constant fighting, and then we tend to bring that into our next relationship and our next relationship, and it keeps going. You know, unless we put the kibosh on it, unless we get spiritual wisdom, unless we get heavenly wisdom, then we start to love people. Then we can, then we can stop that. And, and, I, got, and I, got a good, I got a good word for you, too, and that is that, in the bloodline of Jesus, there is no uh, none of that old funky stuff. If you if you're born again, you know your genetic code basically has changed. You're not in the old family anymore. You're in the new family. You're in God's family now. So you can you know you don't have to have uh, diabetes just because your family had it, and you don't have to have you know certain attitudes just because you grew up like that. We're, we're made new, and I think the way that we get to really turn. And, and use the new stuff is by believing in like that righteousness like I was talking about earlier. Just believing that I got a right standing with God, that I'm holy, that I'm blameless in Him, that He loves me, that I have favor with Him. And then I start to really believe that and it starts to come out in the outer, outer court. It kind of works its way through to my physical body and to my flesh. And then I can start to operate out of that side of my, out of my heart rather than the old side that's all corrupted and messed up and stepped on. and <laughs> You know? So, so, so some of the godly wisdom that we get in verse 7, um, oh, this is something really interesting to me. That It said in verse 7, towards the end there, it says that um, he ordained this, this glory, that he, he ordained, ordained it uh, for, the, I'm sorry, for the wisdom. He ordained that wisdom for the ages, for our glory. And I was like, for our glory? Why, why is it for our glory? I thought like all this stuff was supposed to glorify God and not glorify us. And... Um, and I think it goes back to the value that he placed on us. Like, he didn't send Jesus to the cross because we're a bunch of filthy sinners. You know, that's part of it. He needed to remediate sin. He needed to fix that. But the other part of that is the huge value that he places on us individually as a creation. That he, didn't, he doesn't look at us like, you know, a bunch of broken worms and stuff. He looks at us as sons and daughters who just need to be redeemed and 
and turned around. And that's why, that's why he sent his son. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. It's for our glory. I'll take that. And, then, uh, and, and another point is, uh, how do you know if you have godly wisdom or not? And I think it comes through one simple point is that is your, um, if you're saved, if you have saving knowledge. So if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved, right? And I think we all pretty much believe that. If you don't believe that and you're here or maybe you're listening on the Internet, prove it wrong or, or jump in. And if you're going to jump in, jump in with both feet. Jump right in. It's, this is a great life in Christ. This is, uh, this is why we were created. That's why we're here. So getting a saving knowledge of God shows that we have godly wisdom. And I think that we kind of walk around a lot of times. I know I do. I shouldn't say we. I know I walk around sometimes, and I don't think I have wisdom. Like, I'm praying for wisdom to try and get wisdom for something, but I already have wisdom. So I just kind of like, uh, you know, he, James says in, in the book of James, he says to believe that you have wisdom and not doubt. Because a guy who doubts is like uh, somebody throwing around on, on the sea, you know, tossed back and forth. You don't really, you don't have a direction. You don't have a, a confidence, really, that, you know, you're going forward with God and that you have that wisdom. And so I think part of it is just believing that we have that wisdom, that that finished, again, coming back to that finished work that's in our heart. And then uh, and that, that, <laughs> this last part that, uh, of, of having godly wisdom and having the mind of Christ. Can everybody say they have the mind of Christ? Yeah? You operate in that every day? <laughs> I'm working on that. That pulls me away. That scripture blows me away, the mind of Christ. But we really do have the mind of Christ. We have that spirit of wisdom in us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He's given us that ability to see him, and he's filled us with the mind of Christ. So we have the, so we have the mind of Christ. How does that work? Like how, do we get, how do we get to thinking like him? I guess, that's, I guess that's what the part that messes me up is that I don't always think like him. And so maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but I, I think that... Um, I think we can think more like him if we, if we really grab onto this new creation work that he's done inside of us, that we believe, first of all, that we're righteous, that we're in, you know, that we're not sinners struggling with sin. You know, we're, we might be saints that struggle with, to do sins occasionally, hopefully occasionally, but, uh, you know, we have a way out, and, and that's Jesus. So we can, we can have that mind of Christ by, just by believing in that, that is already there. So, uh, anyways, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. But go ahead. That's Rick speaking. And that's good. That's the Holy Spirit revealing that to us. You know, that's so true that he's, we can get there, right? I used to think that, you know, I probably went 20 years being a Christian and not really believing that that could happen. You know, just thinking, ah, it's for other people. It's for pastors, maybe. You know, it's for people who lead. It's not for me. I can't be perfect, you know, because I knew who I was. 
and I always operated out of that negative side of my, of my heart rather than the positive side that, you know, I'm really a new creation in Christ. So, so we, you know, we have the Holy Spirit and we can lean on him and uh, he teaches us all things. I mean, he's a revealer of mysteries to us. We can read the word and we can read the word expecting that he's going to speak to our hearts. He's going to give us the truth, that he's going to reveal another truth to us. He's going to show us another way to look at something that we may have never seen before. And he just keeps doing that. And you could read the same scripture over and over for years and get a whole new insight on it ten years later. It's amazing. So he, he instructs us in, in um, what verse is that? Verse 11, I think it is. He says he instructs us and the things that, uh, that God has freely given us. I was like, wow, he, he shows us the stuff that God has already freely given to us. And I thought, that's so good. It's just so good that we can go back and look at that stuff that's already done, the finished work of Christ, the new creation work inside of us that's already done. Man, I just love that. I can't get, I can't get enough of that. And then uh, verse, in verse 12, uh, oh, that was verse 12, I think. That he really, yeah, he reveals those things to us that are given to us by our Father. And then uh, verse 14, I'll jump around a little bit. Verse 14, he says that uh, he gives us discernment. And um, I, I looked up discernment because discernment is something that kind of eludes me. My wife is really good at discernment. I don't have a whole lot of dis- discernment, so to speak. But uh, I wanted to look that up. And, and it, uh, the definition I got of discernment was to obtain a sharp perception perception or to judge well. And the only thing I could really think of was like, uh, I like to shoot, you know, I like to target shoot, you know, shoot paper. And, um, you know, if you look through the site, it's got the crosshairs on it. And um, I can set that thing up and, and shoot a nice, perfect target, you know, 50 feet away. And then Eric could come up and he could use the same rifle and the same scope and put it on, put that X on the same spot and miss it a little bit, you know. And I think the, the point of the saying that is that we need, to, we need to learn what our own focus is or how to make our own focus, you know. We have to uh, learn, each one of us has to learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to us. We have to learn how to uh, take a word from somebody, like Rick just shared a word, you know, take a word from somebody at a time and, and, and take that and then use that as our focus. Like, you can't look at things the way I look at things. I can't look at things the way you look at things. We have to look at things through the Spirit, and he'll do that differently in each one of us because we're different creations. So uh, I, th- I think we need to, to really, I know I need to, I, we really need to learn how to hear uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And um, we did that one night at Bible study on a Friday night. We just got quiet. And uh, one thing that really helps me is taking a piece of paper and kind of making a line down the middle of it. And then, you know, on one side... I'll write down, this is what God is saying to me. On this side, I'll put my to-do list. Because Satan likes to remind me of my to-do list while I'm trying to hear from God. So, so I'll write two, two spots. And, then, and, it, and uh, we did that night. We sat down and we went over and everybody had something to write. And then my to-do list was almost full. And I had like three things from the Lord, you know. But until we really get that perception and get that focus in, so we really can hear his voice, uh, we got to keep practicing that. And it's a really good skill to learn and to, and to have. So you don't need to take, uh, you know, Sunday mornings is good. It's, it's good to get taught on Sunday mornings. It's good to get fed. And, and it's good to, um, to get a new word or a different perspective on things. But the real stuff happens during a week when you're, you're alone times with God where you're just 
pull your Bible out, maybe get up a half hour early or 20 minutes early, whatever you can squeeze in, and, and, uh, and just get, in, get along with the Father and listen to His voice and just say, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, how do you want to speak to me this morning? And, and uh, learn how to write that stuff down and, and hear His voice. And He'll give you a scripture. He may give you a song. He may give you somebody to call on your way to work and encourage them. There's all different ways that He'll use us. And that, that's what I mean basically by, you know, having your own focus. So verse, let's go back to verse 15. It says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. I was like, what does that mean? You know, how, how am I, why are we not judged? And, and um, maybe a better question is, how come we can't judge ourselves? And that's, that's a kind of a concept that's been really pumping my heart lately. It's been that, um, that I'm not allowed to judge myself. I've already been judged by my father, and he judged me through Christ. And he found me okay. He found me to be his son. So I don't really have to sit and be, uh, to be pounded by the way I think about myself. I, I, I'd rather think about myself the way he thinks about me. It's just so much better. And, and that's the only way that my heart's really going to change, and that's the only way I'm really going to be edging towards that perfection that Rick was just talking about, is that we can, we can be that way because we're, we're made that way through Christ, and we just need to find it and listen to him and just, and just get in, in ourselves and not judge ourselves that way. Um, and and uh, another thing we, that I, you know, I would sometimes do, and I'll tell you how, how my, mind, my crazy mind would work at sometimes was, uh, in the past was that... Um, you know, I'd kind of punish myself. So say I sinned, and I knew I sinned, and then I would print, and I would say, you know, Jesus, please forgive me. And then I would think that, uh, you know, like my, I'm a contractor, and I, I get jobs, and I don't get jobs. And sometimes, like, something negative will happen, and I won't get a job. And I'll look at it as like, uh, you know, uh, I didn't get this job because of my sin. So I've kind of, like, punished myself, and I've justified in my own mind you know, this negative circumstances, or maybe you get a head cold and you say, well, you know, I did that thing, and, you know, this is a, you know, that's nonsense. It's just like gibberish nonsense that goes on in, the, in our minds sometimes. And, uh, you, you know, we're not allowed to punish ourselves. We're not allowed to judge ourselves. That's all left up to the Father. That's what he does. And, you know, he looks at us through Christ, and he says, come on in. Come on to the banquet table. And that, that, self, that form of self-punishment, what that really is, is... Um, that's false humility. You know, that's me, like, I'm just saying, uh, I'm a lowly sinner, I'm not worthy, you know, I'm just a worm, you know. That's, that's just all false humility. That's not how our Father perceives us. In Christ, we're not sinners. In Christ, we're not lowly worms. In Christ, we're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We're, we're filled with power. We're filled with love and a sound mind. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And that's a good word. That's, that's, where, that's where I need to come in agreement with that and say, you know what, Lord, you're right. That's who I am, and that's the way I want to live. So I thank you that you're empowering me to live like that. And I thank you, Lord, that we have the mind of Christ. In verse 16, we have the mind of Christ. That just blows me away. The first time I heard that, I was reading a book, and the, um, the lady who wrote the book was saying, we have the mind of Christ. And I was like, what? Where does it say that in the Bible? And I you know, <laughs> found the passage. I was like, I can't believe it. How does that work? How does that jive with all the stuff that's going on in my mind? It's not, it doesn't, it's impossible. But I thought that was kind of cool that the, the mind of Christ, I just can't get over that. I think that's so amazing. Um, 
but some, I think one of the ways, or a couple of things that the Lord gave me on how to, uh, how to operate on the mind of Christ is to, we really need to take thoughts captive. We need to figure out, you know, where those thoughts are coming from. And I have an example of that when, um, this is what, about a year ago maybe, maybe a little more than a year ago, um, Jared was at work, and they sent an ambulance there to pick him up and bring him to the hospital. He was really sick. And his, what happened was his, um, his iron had dropped really low, and he could hardly function. You know, he was really tired, and he didn't know why. And it just kept getting worse and worse. So he went and got some blood tests, and the doctor that got the blood test results back was so afraid of the, the results, he sent an ambulance to Jared's work to bring him to New Haven, from New Haven to New Haven, to the hospital. So Julie called me up and said, hey, can you come down and, and go with me to the hospital? And she told me what was going on. And the first stuff that started hitting my mind, and this is, the, I, I'm going to be honest and vulnerable, the first stuff that was hitting my mind was, Jared's going to go to heaven, and I'm going to have to take care of Julie and the kids. <laughs> the first stuff, I'm like, I'm, I'm like what, what is this? Get out of here. You know, I don't want to think like that. Get out, get out. But, I, you know, you grab a hold of those crazy thoughts that come in. How does it go from somebody's sick to somebody's gone? And that split second, you know, where does that come from? So we have to take those thoughts captive. So I pulled that thought back out of my head, and I said, no. He has a destiny in Christ, and he will be here. It'll get better, and we'll do what we got to do to help out. And that's it. So uh, those kind of thoughts, those cares, if we, if we let those linger, those cares and those fears linger, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger, they just clog up our mind. And that's one way that we can't really have a mind of Christ. We're too worried about other things. We just have all this anxiety and stuff that's going on. Uh, oh yeah. And then uh, another way that, uh, that that we have wisdom that we have the mind tonight has the mind of Christ has really been showing up on Wednesday night. Um, there's a couple quotes. You have those quotes from Wednesday night, Sal? A couple quotes. What, which one you got up there first? This is from Lori. Lori has this big wisdom breakthrough, and she said, my free will led to self-bondage. We're talking about freedom and um, submission and uh, all this different stuff, and it's just, Lori just, boop, she just popped this pearl out there, and I was like, wow, that's really good, Lori. You want to share on on Sunday morning? (laughs) I was so proud of her. so good, and uh, and Jared had that other one. I I think his was first, actually. He said, uh, submission is the guard against freedom, and I was like, what does that mean? You know, but it's that submission to Christ. It's that just saying, okay, that what he thinks about us that really guards us from our, that kind of freedom that destroys us, like Lori was talking about, that self-choosing and self-free will and all that stuff. And, well, you know, that, that just leads down an awful path. And, uh, and so you got that other scripture, that First Peter scripture? And so another way that I think we, we should have the mind of Christ is by taking this scripture here. It says, therefore... Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, before, for he cares for you. And I thought that's such a good, such a great scripture. And I need to, I need to, I don't actually have that memorized. I'm going to memorize that scripture. Um, but I like that, that, therefore, humble yourselves. And that kind of comes along with uh, what I was trying to say earlier. I hope I'm articulating it, at least to the point where you can understand it, is that if we really agree with that new creation work that's going on inside of us, that's actually humbling ourselves. Because it, it sort of elevates us in a way, but it also humbles us in a way because we're, we're saying, you know what, we can't do any of this stuff. We can't become perfect like Rick was talking about without Christ. 
We just can't do it. So what he's done for us is he's put this stuff in our hearts. He's put this new life inside of us, and we can walk in that new life. And that's humbleness. So we humble yourself by agreeing with what he says about you and then casting our cares upon him before he cares for you. And I thought that was, a, that was great. I have a, a, a demonstration for you. I think I'll save it to the end, though, and I'll just go through a couple more points. But, um, you know, I, I tried to prepare for, for this for Sunday morning. It's always really difficult for me, maybe because I'm new at it and, and stuff, but um, and I always kind of second-guess what I'm talking about. But, uh, and then it's also, you know, it's also true that I'm not the greatest communicator, but the Holy Spirit can communicate stuff, and that's my, been my prayer all week, that he would just communicate something to each heart here, that everybody would just get something. It doesn't matter what I said. You could rewrite down something that's totally different and just him just speaking to you. That's great. That's what we're here for. Um, but I have a couple takeaways because I did actually pray and I said, okay, what do you want me to say? <laughs> and he said, uh, he gave me three points and I thought it was pretty cool. He said, um, I want you to confirm the people. So I was like, all right. You know, I, I had to look that word up. <laughs> but it's just to uh, establish a truth. And, uh, and I think that, that you are righteousness and that you have wisdom and that we have the teacher that lives inside of us is the truth, you know, and that's the truth that we need to confirm in our hearts. And um, there was a word spoken over this body uh, probably a good year and a half ago, and that was confidence, you know, to be confident, not in, not in like, I can really do this, but like in, you're confident in your relationship with God, that confidence. That's the confidence that moves mountains. That's the confidence that creates the faith that moves mountains. That's the confidence that uh, helps us to take thoughts captive and helps us to believe who we are in Christ. And that's exactly what we want to do. That's what we want to be. And there's so much freedom, the right kind of freedom, in that. That's where we need to be. So um, the other thing was uh, uh, he wanted me to encourage you that um, to cast your cares and to wait expectantly for an answer. And uh, I got a quick demonstration I'll do for you in a minute with that for that. But um, uh, And the last thing that he said is... Uh, this is going to be kind of funny, maybe. Uh, he said, uh, in Christ, you are the bomb. <laughs> I heard that recently on Todd White. He's like, you guys are the bomb. That's like, we're God's bomb. You know, he loves us. And that's, uh, I think that's the whole point of this. You know, the Holy Spirit just wants to communicate those, those simple points to us, that he just wants us to be confident in our relationship with, with God the Father, that he wants us to uh, cast our cares, learn how to cast our cares. You know, it might be different for each person. But uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be for, uh, for our good, for his good, really, if we can cast our cares and we can not drag stuff around with us. You know, I kind of have a little system, and I, I like when I have a, a little bit of a drive home from work and I get a chance to listen to some worship. I'll put some worship on, and I'll try to shut the day off before I get in the door rather than drag it in with me. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good system. It works well for me. Um, but we've got to learn how to cast our cares. So I'm going to show you how to cast your cares real quick. And also, there's a, there's a piece of paper uh, in the bulletin there, just a, a piece of paper, a blank piece. That's not a uh, lack of typing or anything. We just uh, we put that in there so that if anybody's struggling with a care, or I'm sure we all have something, uh, you can write it on that piece of paper, and uh, after, come up and we'll throw it in the garbage, and I'm going to incinerate them tonight. I'm going to put them in the wood stove yeah. and cook them. Yeah. <laughs> So I got this thing. I need a I need a young lady to come up and help me. 
Yes, you are. <laughs> you ever been hooked before? <laughs> this is a care. You can call it whatever you want. It could be money. could be employment. You're going to grab those scissors right there. Now, did everybody sign a waiver? <laughs> There's no hook on this. This is going to be safe. You're going to want to step over there a little bit, young lady. Don't go behind me. This is how you cast your carrot. Like sometimes, I used to think of cast your carriage like, it's kind of close, huh? Kind of cast your carriage like that. It doesn't really work that well. You can always reel it back in, right? <laughs> Look at that again. But if you have a care, you want to get rid of that thing. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to do that one more time. <laughs> That's dangerous, huh? I practiced beforehand and didn't do that. You'll never forget this demonstration. <laughs> wow. Watch out, Sal. Sal's up top. Make it hurt. Oh, I feel it. Thank you. I caught Lori. All right. Now, this time, nobody's going to get hurt. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, cut it this time. <laughs> we'll get that later. See, now I can't look. See, Allie cut the string, so you can't get it back. That's it. So that was my whole demonstration. That was pretty good, huh? But, so that's casting your care, right? Can you pull that down? Yes. Oh, did you videotape that? Come on, dude. <laughs> you did too? That's so messed up. We'll get, hey, we'll get that down. We'll let the Lutherans get that down later. That works so good in practice. I mean, I had it down. I... Dag, nab it. So anyways, that's casting your carry. You want to make sure that thing goes as far away from you as you can. I know in fishing, it seems like when, when you're casting from the shore, as soon as you cast that thing out there, there's a fish that jumps like 20 feet beyond it. It happens every time. It's so annoying. But anyways, uh, you know, you want to cast that thing as far away as you can. A couple weeks ago, Jared talked about the disciples and how they were, uh, how they were on the boat, and Jesus, this was after the resurrection, and Jesus was on the shore, and Jesus says to them, hey, uh, Cast your, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Like, they didn't think of that, man. They were there all night long, you know. So they did it, and they had such a huge catch of fish, right? That was just them just living out of the other side of their hearts. I mean, that's just the example. The Lord's just saying, let's do it my way. My way is going to work. Your way is really not going to work. So cast your care, cut the line once and for all, and then look for the answer. You know the answer is coming. <laughs> let's see what we got. It's the answer. <laughs> and the answer is coming. Your answer is coming. Steve O. Yeah, buddy. So maybe we could play that Good Good Father song for the tenth time today. Yeah. And uh, while we're praying that, if you guys wrote down a care, you know, I really encourage you if you're struggling with anything, I don't care what it is, it doesn't have to be big or small, write it down, just come up and throw it in the bucket. Just get rid of it. Cast that care. Try not to hit the fan like I did. Let's pray this. I'll stand up and worship one more time.